Hey, good morning, Momentum. It's uh, good to be with you all this morning. And uh, this morning, as we uh, take a look at uh, uh, just moving ahead in the scripture, keeping in line with the things that we've been talking about, I want to talk to you this morning about a scripture where Jesus, uh, you know, he pretty much says what he came to do, to seek and to save those who were lost. Now, I want to give you a scenario right quick. Uh, you've been there, done that. I know you have. Either you or somebody you were with, you went to the store, you went to the car dealership, you went somewhere and you looked and you looked and you looked, you found the section that you wanted, you found it, you looked at everything and you were satisfied and you went home. And now with the person with you, you're probably thinking, why did we waste all this time doing this? All you were doing was just looking. Well, that's kind of what happens if we are only seek and not save the lost. That's, that, that's kind of where we are. And so Jesus made clear, I didn't just come to seek, I came to save the lost. And so uh, it's, it's, again, us going to the store, I didn't just come to look, I came to shop, okay? I came to get something, I came, I came for a purpose. And so Jesus, Jesus uh, came for that purpose, he made that very clear. Now to do that, and you know, he, you know, he knew in advance what he was gonna have to do. One of the things he needed to do was, okay, I need to find a team. Now why find a team? Now Jesus, because, because you are Jesus, you could just do this thing by yourself. You know, you could stick around for a couple thousand years and, and travel the world, you know. No, that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was Jesus would be a man like us and he'd have a beginning and he'd have a physical end on the earth uh, at that time. And so I'm going to need a team that's going to have to go out and they're going to have to do some things. And what would this team do? This team is not going to be in any ordinary team. They're going to have to take their collective uh, teachings from Jesus, take their collective experience. You see, teaching alone is not enough in many cases. There's a, you need to have experience to go along with it, uh, experience some things. So they're going to take all that. And what they're going to do is they're going to make the, they're going to teach a gospel that is going to catch fire and that is going to uh, permeate the world. OK. The, and so, it, in fact, they're going to have some teachings that we would even have today. Their writings, the things that they taught, the instructions that they gave. And those are things that we would go about today. So this team was not just any ordinary team. Uh, their instructions and their conversations that they they have would become instructions and even a few conversations that we're having today. So in looking for this team, what is Jesus looking for? Uh, is he looking for personality, knowledge? Or both. Now, I, I can tell you from a standpoint uh, in, in, in my in my career, you know, the things I've done in the past, things I do now, we put together teams fa uh, fairly often. And sometimes, you know, we, we have to take into account, am I looking for personality? I'm looking for knowledge. Sometimes personality you know, is, is great. It's great to have. In fact, it's always great to have. Uh, but Where's the, do, do we have knowledge? Does this team have knowledge? Sometimes the knowledge is great, but there's no personality. And so what are we looking for? Is it one, the other, or both? And I think if we do it right, we'll get the personality. We'll make sure they have the knowledge, and then we'll be able to go, go ahead on and, and do those things we need to do. Uh, so what would Jesus be looking for? Uh, I'll tell you what, here, Jesus looked for some things that you and I would not have looked for in these people that he eventually called his disciples. OK, uh, he looked for some things that uh, some qualifications and his teams must have at least one of these things. OK, and let's take a look at this list. And this is our, t our teams today. We are the same way. Now, as you read this list, I want you to keep something in mind. Each one of these traits that you see written here, and I'll, and I'll pronounce them off in a minute, each one 
can be, you can point to a scripture and show that the disciples, one of the disciples or all of them had this particular trait. And so the team that Jesus had, these are traits that they had. So they had uh, the trait of being impulsive. Anybody out there fit that one? OK, uh, you probably want to admit it. Uh, hot tempered. None of us. Insightful, bold, courageous, vengeful and fiery. Man, how does that fit in the, the preaching team, the teaching team? OK, selfish and conceited, judgmental, enthusiastic, inquisitive, resourceful, practical, literal, confused, helpful, skeptical, honest, faithful, penitent. Anything resonating? Any, any, anybody feeling that little pain, that little thing in their chest? Go, oh, that's me. Yeah. OK. Uh, hospitable, doubtful, patriotic, loyal, passionate, sacrificial, faithful, but most of all, committed to Christ. See here, the team that Jesus put together, he's putting, he's taking a team of ordinary people. He's not looking for superstars. He's not looking for people who have conquered everything in their life. If you conquered everything in your life, sometimes it leads you to the point where you, you might talk from a point of being conceited. OK, he's looking for ordinary people that deals with, uh, deal with ordinary things in their life. And this team of people he put together called his disciples. These are traits that are verifiable in Scripture that somebody on that team had this trait. In fact, that's one that I didn't even put here. I just didn't feel like putting it up there because it was Judas and it was the, the trait of betrayal. OK, greedy. OK, there was somebody on the team who even had that. And so when Jesus went out looking, he didn't go out looking for perfection because uh, if, if that was the case, he'd still be looking for a team today. So um, this it must be the case that that that. These are the kind of traits that Jesus is comfortable with when he in the building of his church, in the building of his team that's going to go out and that's going to do some things and, and give us some instruction and have some conversation that even last to this day and even beyond when we're even gone. And so uh, these are the things that were going to be qualifiers, not disqualifiers. It's so easy for us to look at certain things that a, that a person brings to the table and say, well, this disqualifies you. Vengeful, you're out of here. Uh, you know, uh, lustful, you're out of here. You know, it's, it's, we do want to deal with those things and Jesus would deal with those things. But it was a journey. It was a journey. It wasn't something that everybody had to had conquer these things uh, up front. So let's take a look in, in some scripture. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 to 31. The Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He kind of says this about the folks he's talking to at church. Here. He says he says, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. And let's just stop right there. For those of us who feel that we have been called, think of what we were. I know for some of us, we get that feeling inside to go. Ugh, I don't want to think about that. I, I tried to block that on purpose because I don't want to be that. But the Apostle Paul says, no, it's important. You need to think about who you were when you were called or even before you were called, because that's important, because you're going to run into those same people as you go out about your mission. He goes on to say, not many of you are wise by human standards. And some of us are going and we still are not wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things. That's me of the world to shame the wise. OK, God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. And what things are the things that are are those things that, that, that uh, uh, people look at. You know, they look at their own knowledge. They look at the, 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 uh, their own preparation, et cetera. And they and they they look at. Uh, they look down their nose at people who don't have those qualifications, certifications, whatever you want to call it, that they have. Those are the things that are the, the when Jesus would talk to the Pharisees. He at one time would say to to the religious leaders of the day, you err in that you don't know the scriptures. But wait a minute now. 
We, what do you mean we don't know the scriptures? That's who we are. We're Pharisees. We're scribes. OK, we know the scripture. And Jesus would say, you don't. You see, the people who thought that way are the, are the people who I think the Apostle Paul is describing here, that that's not what we're looking for. Uh, OK, he goes on to say, uh, and I'll start at verse 29, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now, when we look at these 12, clearly their boasting would have to be in the Lord. They could not look back at themselves and go and boast on themselves for the most part. And who are these 12? There was Peter. There was James, the son of Zebedee. There was John. There was Andrew. There was Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Zealot and Judas. These were people who Jesus, uh, Jesus selected. Uh, and, and his screening process was not like the ones that we think of. When we, when we want to screen a team, Jesus' screening process was not that way. In fact, let's take a look at his screening process, okay? It wasn't very sophisticated. There wasn't a group of HR people sitting around Jesus saying, OK, let's bring the next one in. Let's do the interview. Let's, let's see what they bring to the table. What's your education level? Tell me about your experience. Uh, no, it was none of that. Here's Jesus' screening process in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. Uh, as Jesus calls his first disciples, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. I just don't think that's how you're going to do it when you run your business. You just walk going down the street or you're walking in the store or something. Hey, come follow me. Come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you good in this business. I'm going to make you good in selling homes. I'm going to make you good in construction. I'm going to. That's kind of that's not our screening process. But when it came to the church, when it came to the mission Jesus had at hand, he didn't need all that screening process. He needed his 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 process was not that sophisticated. He going on from there, he saw two, two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee and his brother, uh, uh, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So Jesus screening process was not that sophisticated. It, it, why do I bring that up? Because sometime when the call goes out, hey, team, there's some things we need to do. There's souls that need to be saved in Chula Vista, in San Diego. There's lives that needs to be touched. There's people that need that need that that touch. There's people that need to see the Jesus in us. When that call goes out, it's easy for us to say, but I'm not qualified. And, and what Jesus is saying here is, uh, no, you, you'll get that. You'll get that. What you need to do is, are you committed to me? Because if you are, that's the qualifier. That's the qualifier that's going to make the difference. So let's go back to, to, to the Matthew passage. Committed. See, the committed ones didn't waffle and didn't wait. They just dropped the nets and followed. They just they just went on. Ah, I see. I got the right people. You see, I wonder what would have happened if they didn't. If they said, uh, Jesus, can you come back by here tomorrow? And, uh, you know, let, let's talk about let me sleep on this tonight. Now, I'm not saying don't sleep on things. I'm not saying take things lightly. I'm saying what Jesus saw was commitment. And that's what that's what we want is commitment uh, on a team that has to do what, what God would have us to do. Well, what's the team's purpose? What is it God would have the team to do? 
The team's purpose is to let the world know of God's love that God sent Jesus to become the sin offering for the world. That's not very super sophisticated either. That's not what it takes when it comes to, as I said before, selling real estate or, or being a builder or, 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 or being an accountant. That's that's not that's not that sophisticated. The mission statement is pretty clear here, and that is to let the world know of God's love that God sent Jesus to become the sin offering for the world. See, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that if you're watching this today and even if you got somebody there who's not watching today, we're all qualified to do this. It's a matter of how committed will we be in pursuing this? So Jesus knew the team would disappoint. He knew that already when he when he got when he selected them. He knew that they were, uh, would desert, deny. And he even knew that Judas would betray. He knew the team. He knew the team had flaws and he knew the team had weaknesses. And now, why is that important to Jesus? It's important because uh, as time goes on, he's not set back by the fact that somebody dropped the ball with something. Somebody somebody didn't say something right. Somebody didn't do didn't do a particular given thing at a particular given time. He's not set back at that. He just simply brings him along, brings him along. And these disciples, after they walk with him, remember, we said uh, they, they would need to have some knowledge, but they but they're going to need experience. After they were allowed to experience these things, they were able to be better at, uh, they, uh, at doing what they were supposed to do. Uh, you know, I had there's a story <clears throat> I like to I like to talk about from my Navy days. Uh, you know, there was uh, one. I was an aircraft electrician and uh, we I was new to this one command. Uh, and, and so the people there had more experience on this particular helicopter than I did. But I'm, I know how to read a wiring diagram. I know how to put this stuff together. You know, I, I, I know. What, what you know how, how to troubleshoot and there was this one fellow there was this one airplane that had this uh this discrepancy and this fellow was telling me that this is going to fix it now i look i can read and i can reason and i'm looking at the wiring diagrams and i'm re and i'm reading the system description and i'm going mm, that's not going to fix it and he said to me he said uh at the time i was a petty officer gooseby okay petty don't mean so petty in the navy okay uh so he came to, he said petty officer gooseby you know you come here the new guy and you think you know everything. We've been working on these planes for all this time, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I just said, OK, I got it. He's, he's talking to me. What we need to do is listen when people talk to us because he's feeling a certain kind of way. So what I did, <clears throat> I, I, I went back and I did a risk assessment. What's the worst that's going to happen if I allow him to fix this thing his way? So I did a risk assessment on this particular airplane, this particular helicopter. If he fixes it the way it is right now, even in an emergency, if the pilot lost an engine or both engines or, or lost the generating system or whatever, will this impact them? And the answer was no, it won't. It won't. So I went on. I made the calculated risk and said, you know what? You're right. You've been here longer. Go ahead. on. Go ahead. Let's do it your way. I already knew it wasn't going to work. OK, the plane went out, flew, it came back. <clears throat> the pilots wrote the exact same discrepancy again. And the guy kind of comes up to me later, he goes, uh, Pedro, so what, what was that you were saying? And I didn't use the I told you so thing. I don't, I don't believe in that. I told you so. You, sometimes you have to get experience. 
And that's what the disciples got when they, as they walked with Jesus. They got experience, okay? And it's this experience that later on is going to make them who they are. And this petty officer later on became one of the, one of the best electricians that we had. And what made him best? Not because of, 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 of the mistake that he made, because that mistake drove him to go to now troubleshoot a different type of way, pursue this in a different type of fashion. And so he did that. <clears throat> and so... As, as, as we think about the team and the mission that we're on and what we're doing, keep in mind, folks, we need to have experiences. And if you haven't had them, you will. If you haven't said something trying to comfort someone only to find out that they start crying in front of you because you said the wrong word and you're going to go, oh, what did I say? What did I say? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You didn't do it on purpose. You thought you were comforting the person, but you're going to go back and you're going to take a look and you go, how can I do that different? And you're going to learn how to be more empathic. You're going to learn how to be uh, 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 how, how to feel more uh, uh, like the person. You're going to even learn like Job's friends had to learn. You're going to learn sometimes to just be silent. But it doesn't happen automatically. You know, these some of these folks were pretty impetuous. Uh, Peter was one of them. OK, he learned some things as he went on the journey. And that's <clears throat> so if the team is going to fulfill its mission, we need to be ready to learn some things. OK, and don't feel like we have to come here already polished in everything that it takes to get the mission done. We, we don't have to be, not in this particular business. So why is that important to us? Too many times we worry that we won't be successful. You're right. <laughs> you won't be. Ask any preacher. Ask anybody who's going out doing some witnessing. Ask anybody who's been in the business of God. Ask them, have they been successful every time? And everyone would tell you, nope, haven't been. OK, so don't worry. You're right. If that's your worry, you won't be successful, at least not every time. OK, uh, we worry that we don't know enough. You're right. You don't. We don't. Just when we think we do, we find out we don't. OK, now there comes a time when you, when you get to a point where you know a lot and everybody else thinks you knows everything. But you know that you don't know a lot. And so, you know, I need to depend on God and the people who he's put around me. They're going to assist me. <clears throat> we worry sometimes that we will disappoint. You will. It happens. I have. I, to this day, I still kind of disappoint some. OK. And, and, and it's OK. We just need to go back and uh, that risk analysis again. OK, so let me let me take a look at this. How did we do it? What happened? You see, there's some people that that are going to be disappointed in, in whatever it is that we do. And then there's some people that you're going to disappoint because you fell short because you were not totally prepared. But that's OK. You'll be more prepared the next time. OK, that's that's kind of how it works. So so if we, if we think that we're disappointed, the answer is, yeah, well, sometimes we will. And many times we won't. God is saying to us as a team, don't worry about that. Uh, worry about <clears throat> uh, uh, don't worry about trying to be a people pleaser or please everyone. Here's what I need you to worry about. I need you to worry about that when you go to the grocery store, you go there not just to look at the food on the shelf. You go there to buy some so you can cook it. I need you to understand that when you go to seek you're not just seeking out so you can point fingers at people and say, oh, look at them. Look at them. They're not Christian. They're not this and other. No, 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 no. Seek and to save. And here's where the team comes in, because some people are great seekers, but they don't know a whole lot about Scripture and, and, they, and they don't feel it as if they are. And sometimes we're not eloquent enough to present a case to a person for, for them to, to want to search the Bible for their own so they can have their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't worry about it, because there's probably somebody on the team who, who's good at that part. OK, so there's different parts of the team. That, 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 God, that, that are going to work together. The Apostle Paul describes that to the church at Corinth. He describes it to the, uh, to the church at Rome. He describes the different parts of the body uh, that they're here to support each other, but each are not going to do the exact same thing. So don't worry about it. 
The team's purpose has not changed since Jesus called that first team. And that was to fulfill the mission to seek and save the lost. Now, we don't personally save anyone. We lead them to, we show them to, we point them in the right directions, just like the disciples did. The disciples did not save anyone. Yet because of their influence, many billions have been saved. Okay, and, and that's what we're being called to do, to seek and save that which is lost. Uh, that is that's a team effort. And uh, as a team, uh, we are uh, we are equally equipped as that first team. Remember those qualifications we looked at? Let me see. Why are we equally equipped? Because some of us are selfish, just like they were. Some of us are impetuous, just like they were. Uh, uh, some of us uh, have these different traits that we that we pointed to on that one slide. We have these things. We're just about equipped as they were. And we're just about as ready as they were because they had no there was not a thought in their minds about going to, to start anything. They were worrying about the next fish we're going to pull on this boat. And that's where we are sometime. And so but when they when they heard the call, when they responded to the call, then they started their walk with the Lord, just like we need to do. Start our personal walk with Jesus. And then they began to, to gain some experiences. And some were good and some were bad, but they were effective. We have, the, we have the proof today. They were very, very effective. So together we are on mission to seek and save. And so momentum, I just want to leave us with this thought. If you're listening right now, you're qualified. Okay, no, no HR folks going to screen you. We don't need a sophisticated screening process. If you're listening right now, you're qualified. All you have to do is you talk to God and just say, Lord, I am committed. Thank you for Momentum, momentum for letting me share with you today. I just hope that those thoughts stick with us and resonate with us as we go about our week. And I'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.